Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions and get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Uh, okay. That's all I have the energy Got nothing for. more than that? That's it. Okay. I'm spent. You just, you just lay down and put a cool rack on your head until we okay. need you again. Okay. So joining us is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I'm excited and ready to go. <laughs> Joining us all the way from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, <laughs> one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Wow, man, that was high pitched. Thank you. It's like Glenn. Glenn's nonsense. I at least have a frame of reference to react to in a mocking yeah. way. And Jed just overloads the circuit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I think we're starting this week with some shout outs. Did some people send in some nice letters? Yes. Uh, and uh, we'll let Jed go first. Yes, we will. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to our sis. Cats are falling on Tumblr. Um, had a lot of nice things to say about say that podcast. And uh, just so y'all know, we love you, man. We love you yeah. guys like Woo! crazy. Um, you know, uh, uh, we're we're real privileged that that y'all are are very generous with your encouragement. But that goes both ways. We love yeah. you right back. Absolutely. Uh, we'd also like to give a shout out to Life Art Heart something like that at on the tumbler yeah. on the tumbler that's the tumbler handle that we usually don't pronounce those right because we're not that cool but uh major league shout out there and also a shout out to Wendy the Paris say that super fan Woo! she's holding nice. it down in 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 France cuz uh i think in France we're probably quite popular say we're getting that sweet sweet jerry lewis action i think uh when that's your comedy <laughs> hero wow. we're, we're coming in there doing pretty darn good well i think we're all feeling good i don't think there's yeah. any problems any you know i mean life's fairly just you yeah know. so it's like well, an even keel well, since yeah. there's no emergency let's let's just jump into the plugs right away and kind of okay. get that out of the way right sure it's an unpleasant part of the business i'll enjoy doing that we got a new podcast no wait there's an emergency there's an emergency i Whoa. am so surprised to hear that yes uh matt mentioned uh, uh, that there's a new podcast yes and that's all he mentioned <laughs> and uh that prompted me to uh to declare an emergency wow now is this a happy emergency or an angry emergency well it so far it's a happy emergency but you know what i think we'll just we'll just see how it goes play it by ear yeah because we you, you can't you can't just to say, hey, this is how it's gonna be. Sure, you got You got to roll with the punches. It's man. an emergency. Who knows where this is going? Anything could happen. <laughs> okay, so here's what here's what's taking place. We have this podcast, right? Then we're recording this. You know, you're not hearing this. Uh, now we we're recording that. This is a in drive fact, it. To the who? Here, here's what the thing is: we record this podcast, uh, and then, then we drive a DeLorean into a TARDIS. But you're not hearing it as we record it. <laughs> it's beamed into the future. There's a way back involved. This a dog I and his boy. Can we say this for sure? I think we can say this for sure. We're this is the only podcast we we know for sure is beamed into the future. That's true. The yeah. other ones, I don't think probably. I think when you download, I think that's uh, built on a faulty assumption. When you download other podcasts, I think they're you're doing that live. It's like picking up a phone call. You're trapping or their souls into your you're, iPhone. You're, yeah, you're here. Those guys are waiting for you to pick up. That's right. When you turn on their podcast, they're like, "Oh, we got a person," and they start talking. <laughs> we got right. someone on the line. It's like yeah. sports radio. Yeah, I think that's pretty. I'll much, hang up and listen. I think Long that's time how, listener, first time caller. I think that's how it works. Now. But so we that's this podcast we're talking about that you're listening to now through the net, internets into your ear holes. Okay. But Matt said we're going to we're going to make a new podcast of new things. And I said, "Holy cow, it's just too much." Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, "What are we how are we going to handle this?" you know. And Matt said, "Uh you won't have to do any work." and I will do everything, and you don't have to think about it. And I said, fantastic. Sold, he said. Let's do that. So he created a, a podcast called, uh, and it's the Bridge Podcast. Now, on right. the Bridge Podcast. Thought that name up all by myself. It's pretty creative. Uh, what what happens on the Bridge Podcast is we take content that's on our Bridge Box 
service. If you sign up for Bridgebox, what happens is that money goes to support us in missions, everybody on the podcast here. And then uh, you also get some music media. You get uh, songs. You get uh, uh, Bible study materials. You get song sheets. You get all kinds of good stuff. Sermons. Sermon material, all that. So what uh, Matt said is, uh, I'm going to go crazy and take some of that and put it on the internet for free so people will see what what the business is. That's know. pretty crazy right there. So he's taking a, every week on Mondays, he drops another one, and yep. it has songs on it, and uh, there's a little uh, mini sermonette and all that. So you get two, well, three songs total and a little mini sermonette, and the whole thing's like 20 minutes long. So it's really cool boost. It's like a little mini worship service you have right there in your little iPod and stuff. And it's very, very cool, and it's content that's, uh, uh, a lot of it, it comes from our bridge services and stuff. So that's very cool, and we're very excited about that. So we put it on the internets. Now, how's it, how's it doing on the internet? Well, what we expected is that, like this podcast, it would go nowhere. Right, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, we, you know, it's a marketing technique that says you really want your, your customers to feel like they're back in a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn apparently does not subscribe to that. Currently, I'm Glenn. Welcome to Futility Hour. We're, we're all going to die alone. Currently, this podcast is rated, I think, zero. I it's, don't know. It's the circling the drain collection. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, people, it's not for everyone. No, clearly not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so some people aren't cool enough to get this podcast. He said, desperately trying to spin this positively. Okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good. That's very good. To the hoop. So what happens is we release a, a, a second podcast called The Bridge, and it went out there and it got onto the what they call the iTunes. The iTunes has a thing where you go to the religion and spirituality section, and they have a thing on there called new and uh, noteworthy there that one and yeah. it was on that for several weeks it's not on it anymore because we're good at timing yeah it's not on there now it's no longer new it's been because 11 episodes. we're saying this now when it has recently happened but you're hearing it in the future in the future okay now what happens is we put we're on new it was important and, that you pointed that out yeah we're in the new and and quite amazing uh section, section. Sure. And so people said, let me check that out, right? So they did that, and then they liked it. Yeah. Then they said to their friends. Wait, is liked it a different verb tense that you use when you beam things into the future? Exactly. You now invented a new verb get, tense? Finally, Matt's on board. Getting on the trolley. I've just, it's been taken forever for Matt to buy into my whole premise. Now, what happens is people heard it, and they're like, you know what? This is so good. I am going to tell people that I know about it i'm going to get on the, the social media and tell people now the tweet books the you faces these kind of things these kind of things they said you know i'm a i'm a twiddle it and then that's going to get out there and boom it just went nuts and it got up to charts somewhere what was it what was the number do we know where on the charts it went Ding. It topped out. It broke the top 100 of religion and spirituality. Whoa, whoa! Which now that Glenn's maybe say it out loud doesn't sound that impressive. I was desperately trying not to say it, but it is. There's lots of podcasts. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of people out there, and basically, the the point of this emergency is now we're definitely going to be famous. Totally. And have the you know the podcast success we always we're attacking Osteen on multiple fronts now. There are at least ninety nine other people in religion and spirituality that you'd be more excited to run into on the street first, right? But after you ran into all of them, after that first hundred, (laughs) we would be trailing behind that. Would you guys like to insult more of our products (laughs) and by proxy the people who listen and enjoy them? People almost like this podcast. It's amazing. Thanks for reading our blogs like a sucker. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you people? I don't. So (laughs) here's what happens is uh, we're going to be, we're going to, this thing's going to blow up y'all. Yo, totally. Now what happened is when, when Matt said with this podcast, we, you know, he came to to me and said, we're going to do a podcast y'all. And I said, that is how I talk. I said, what is it? 
uh, you know, he says, we, you know, it's a thing. We record a thing and people hear it. And I say, how much money are we talking? And he said, I'll pay you in internet dollars. And I said, wave of the future. I said, whoa, that's, I'm going to get in on that. I offered a Bitcoin, but even Glenn wouldn't bite on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now for three people, now that I saw that thing go up the charts, I said, here's where it comes in at. We're going to, we're going to make that sweet internet cash. Right. So here's what I, what happened with me. I went out and bought a cheese fountain. Wow, that's a nice choice. Now you probably you don't, which are know, not hard to find in Chicago. You rubes probably don't even know what a cheese fountain is. I'm very familiar with a cheese fountain. What do you do is you put. I cheese, assume it's a fountain made out of cheese that you put out in front of the house. You put it put put your cheese in there. It melts it. Yeah. And then it it pumps it up to the top. <laughs> see, and you got cheese. Anytime you want cheese, it's boom, just right there. You got cheese so right you, now. You think that's the most convenient cheese delivery method? That's why you went with that. It, it, this is what I'm trying to say. You want hot melted cheese, you want it right away. If you got the cash, you hook yourself up with a cheese fountain. No one has ever wanted hot melted cheese eventually. That's what I'm talking about. All desire for hot melted cheese is right now. You want it now. You're going to have to wait for it because you don't have a, a, a cheese fountain. Yeah. But not me, dude. I said, you know what? Right now, I'm going to get that now. I mean, the cash hadn't come in yet. But right. in anticipation. Then that that got me worried. Okay. okay, here's what I got worried about: Will success change us? Oh wow! Mm. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's the emergency right there. Right. Like it used to be. <laughs> for ten Glenn, minutes in, you, that's the emergency. <laughs> it used to be all about the 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 wisdom and the spiritual encouragement of the right. listener. Yeah, and now it's all changed for you, man. Yeah, you well, started. The, you started wearing different clothes. You started driving different cars. You started. Yeah. You started wearing sunglasses everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's one of those things where uh, we're not really cool or successful now, but you want right. to get. You want to. You want to. Well, you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. This is what I'm trying to say right here. That's yeah. why I'm wearing a suit of armor. <laughs> I want to work at medieval times. <laughs> You know, see, because I think the the whole thing is you got to keep it humble, y'all. Totally, you sure. Know what I mean? well, well, what do you think, man? What steps are you going to take to keep it humble? What What's that going to look like for you? Well, here, here's my question. Yeah, not that Jed's question was bad, but it was, yeah. and it bored me. So I'm going to ask my own question. Oh, okay. What, what What's the thing to say? Okay, if, if I do this, I know I've gone too far. Well, what's the emergency trigger on not keeping it humble? I I think. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, switch. If you switch from drinking wine out of the the box and you go to the bottle, oh wow, so fancy. That's, that's pretty up. You show up two dollars right that Trader Joe's wine, dude, and that's you know that's showing people, hey, this guy thinks he's you know too fancy for the rest of us. Take this opportunity to tell a true story. I was in. We live in a. a near suburb of Chicago called Oak Park. I was in the Five Guys yesterday. Some days you've had a tough day and you just need a cheeseburger, and that's an emotionally healthy decision to make. Absolutely. And if you had a burger with no cheese... You would cheese. be banned from the city of Chicago. That's right. There were two people in you there. You get a cheese fountain, <laughs> dip that burger in there, like he was like and through to get to the cheese fountain. But with a cheeseburger. That's what I'm trying... I'm trying to help the people there understand was a, there how was it works. A, a young couple looked to be in their mid-20s who were waiting, had their burgers, yeah. and just a box of Franzia right on the table at the Five Guys. Wow. They were what they were doing They were doing their night. They weren't going to play by your rules. <laughs> right. Wow. I, th- right. I think they're not keeping it humble. That's... Uh, That's the danger. Well, you see, now you make a good point. You never know where... Everybody's line is individual. That's exactly right. Jed, you know? how about you? How will you know you've gone too far? Look, if I ever switch it up from VHS mm. to DVD, whoa, I'm going to know I'm just trying to impress people. That's fancy pants right there. Because nothing could capture the fidelity yeah. and just the vibe and feel of video content the way that a VHS tape does. Yeah. Well, and also the only movies you watch are Disney movies that were released before 1995, so there's really no reason to own a DVD player. Well, that, and I saw the ads they ran a long time ago about the exciting world of VCR repair. 
Sure. I, I went into that, and I sure. don't really want to let that investment go. Yeah. So, wow, yeah. that is a deep cut <laughs> joke, folks. To, as far as you're concerned, they're just more VCRs to repair. That's exactly right. They're, they just keep getting more broke down over time. Mm, exactly right. It's, that is a joke from before online colleges existed. Yeah. <laughs> the precursor to online colleges. Wow. We'll see. They said I could study VCR repair or TV VCR repair. Yeah. I decided, you don't overextend yourself. I decided to be a specialist. Sure. Just VCR repair, right, right. Because you, 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 you thought uh, that CRT technology was, uh, you know, just a fool's errand. That's what I'm talking. <laughs> yes. Wow. All right, and also we've roped Lee into this uh, bridge podcast shenanigans. On the month of October, his music from his new record "Free" will be featured on every bridge podcast. So, uh, Lee, how will you know when you've taken it too far? Well, I've already bought like a waistcoat. You know, Ooh. like a like a vest that would be in a three piece suit. Is that is that too far? Did you get that at the Mumford and Sons no longer touring auction? Oh, <laughs> like, the Mumford just, and Sons he, warehouse sale. You just made all our hipster fans really sad right now. <laughs> Bye, Belmont students. Go. We enjoyed having They're you. They're crying into their banjo right now. <laughs> and you know what, hipsters? If you're looking for a new media format that other people aren't using, hello, may I suggest VHS tape? No, no, <laughs> not always that. hustling. Not that. Bridgebox. Oh, I'm not interested in that. I'm trying to get paid, baby. <laughs> oh, man. VHS repair. Lord. That's not a- interested in the thing I actually make money from. I'm trying to get paid for this bit. You can say a lot of things about Jed. You can't say he doesn't commit. Yeah. Oh, I'm committed. <laughs> well, I, I was going to, one of the things I was going to do now that we're super famous is i was i got my re- microphone that we record into yeah i was gonna bedazzle it oh i like that that's nice so it's all glittery yeah i think that's because i saw a picture uh uh of uh katie perry you know okay. who katie perry is she sings all them songs and everything so her uh microphone is all glittery so i figured i'd get mine all glittery too all right we're gonna move on because it's really the best thing for everybody's marriage. <laughs> move on from talking about Katy Perry. I'm going to talk about right, Bridge Jed? Box. I Stop think Jed it. has Stop more on that. Does, does Jed want to say something? There's a lot of strength going on in this room. We're going to let it happen. Stop it. No one's going to hear anyone roar. Stop it. All right. The Bridge Podcast is populated by content mainly from Bridgebox. Bye, People like to join Bridgebox. If that's not the callback joke at the end, I'm going to be very disappointed. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. $8 a month. Songs, sermons, Bible studies, devotionals, videos, lots of cool stuff. Or if you like to say that podcast but really don't like the three of us and who could blame you, you can get the Lee Younger branded Bridgebox. Brand new music from Lee every month, plus lots of cool stuff from Bridgebox. That's $8 a month as well. MissionUSA.com slash BBLY. Or if you want to do both of those or you're already a Bridgebox subscriber, email us. The bridge Chicago at gmail.com and we'll tell you how to do both for the low low price of twelve dollars all right moving on i don't know if anybody said emergency off i don't care i'm moving on emergency off thank you our first question comes in anonymously to our tumblr if you hang out with us all the way to the end you too can find out ways to ask this group of people questions for some reason this says hi guys i've heard you all mention praying about a potential relationship like uncle glenn did with his wife i'm not really sure how to go about that though how can I know if this is the right thing? How can I know if the other person is emotionally ready? He's dealing with depression and I'm scared of what will happen if we don't work out and he gets worse, but it seems ridiculous to be scared of breaking up before we've even dated. There's an extra question mark there. I tried to do the dramatic reading. Where do I start? Glenn, can you kick us off? Well, um, I'm glad that you said that it seems ridiculous to be scared of breaking up before that you, saves you, us time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bless your heart. I, I, I know where you're coming from, though. It's it's a kind of thing when you when you look at uh, dating when you when you're uh, sort of in that position. You you like him, he likes you. There's a lot of warm feelings. There's lots of uh, you know bodily things. We get the point. Taking place there, blood's flowing places, like to your heart. Yes. See, Matt thinks it's dirty. Yeah, Matt. Anyway, what happens is uh, when we're when we're getting into that dating process, uh, we can sort of be freaked out by the, by all the, the potential problems, all the possibilities, things that can go wrong, and um, 
I, th I think the problem that we have in, in your particular situation is a, a mentality of um, it, it, we know there are some significant problems here and, you know, we're concerned if we move forward, will those potential problems take us out? Well, yeah, if you have serious, you know, depression type issues uh, and you're not working that out and you move forward with a relationship without dealing with that, then, yeah, I think there's a decent chance that that will cause a very significant problem and may end up taking that thing out. The solution to that is pretty simple. Let's deal with our depression issues and get to a point where we feel like we have that under control. We feel like that's a, a gone from an area of weakness to an area of strength. And then that'll give us the confidence that if I can solve problems outside this relationship, maybe I can get into this relationship and still be able to solve those problems. In fact, if we work this relationship right, we might be able to help and encourage one another on our problems. So we'll be a plus to each other instead of a minus, and those things will work out uh, to the positive. But um, I think there's a, a mentality here that that um, the more we worry over it, the more we fret over it, the more we contemplate the problems, the better this will be, the more you know prepared and informed we'll be. Mm. That's not it. There, there, there's more things that go wrong than you can think of that will go wrong. What we do want to look at is we have problems we know about that we need to address and deal with that. Let's deal with the ones we, we know. Let's get ourselves, both of ourselves, in a place of uh, preparation. We, we, if we say, okay, uh, this depression stuff and some of these you know issues that we have, let's maybe have phase one is deal with that. Uh, phase two is we start dating and we look at other problems that uh, that dating stuff will bring up and we sort of pick up this momentum of solving issues and moving forward and encouraging one another. If we can't work that out, if we can't be a plus to each other, then breaking up makes sense because, you know, we life's tough enough without being a drain on one another and look at it from that standpoint. But I think what the Lord wants to do is give you that confidence uh, that comes from going to him, dealing with these struggles, and moving forward with them. Absolutely, Jed. Well, thanks a lot for uh, writing in your question. We're really glad to hear from you, and we really appreciate uh, the chance to, um, to say something uh, to your situation. One of the things that I see a lot online, um, on Tumblr and, and other places, that I think um, we need to kind of um, do a reboot on is the idea of I am fragile, and I want other people to treat me like I'm fragile. Hello. Let me explain what I mean. I see a lot of stuff on, on Tumblr and other social media where what's being presented is the idea of, if you don't treat me just right, I'll fall apart. <laughs> and what I really need in my life is people that get that and will make sure they always treat me just right so I don't fall apart. And, and I get that. I get that it feels like that would be kind um, and that that would be loving and compassionate but I'm here to tell you it's actually not. Uh, it's not kind, it's not loving, and it's not compassionate. And, and I'll tell you why. You are not fragile. Let me say Amen. that again. You are not fragile. You are not made of glass. Um, you are not easily broken. I sense that people in your life have communicated to you that they are, and those people are wrong. Um, God is not calling you to be a fragile easily broken, easily damaged human being. God is calling you to be loving, yes, to be compassionate, yes, to be kind, yes. God is also calling you to be tough as nails. It says in the Bible that the kingdom of heaven advances forcefully, and forceful people lay hold of it. Uh -huh. um, God is calling you to be tough. One of the things, um, and I, I think sometimes the ladies can struggle with this a little bit, all of us on this podcast grew up in the South. And one of the funny things about the South is that um, ladies in the South are very gracious and very lovely and very, you know, kind, but they are tough as nails. Um, a, a Southern woman is not waiting around for anyone to ride to her rescue. 
Uh, you know, a southern woman knows how to do what needs to be done. If you read Proverbs 31, and I bet that you have, that's what it's talking about there, is, mm. is a woman that, that knows how to get stuff done and knows how to operate. That's a tough person, and that's mm. what God wants for you. Here's how that relates to your dating situation. It's one thing to have struggles. We all have struggles. We all have things that are weak points for us, things that are difficult for us, and maybe more difficult than they would be for another person. And it's fine to say, I'm going to need you to work with me on this. Um, I'll give an example. Uh, in, in my life, I've had problems with my stomach for as long as I can remember. Um, since I was, you know, real, real young. And it's not fun, and it, and it sucks. And so I need... Um, I need my wife to be understanding about that, that, you know, I, I have, you know, a problem, you know, just, you know, stomach problems. But there's a world of difference between that and saying, I need you to feel bad for me mm-hmm. because I have problems with my stomach. Yeah. I need you to plan your life and your decision-making process around the fact that I have problems with my stomach. I need you to cater to the fact that I have problems with my stomach. At that point, that's a different thing. What I'm saying is I'm fragile and I need you to treat me just right. That's not how grown people's relationships work. So with the guy that you're thinking about um, who struggles with depression, it's one thing for the status to be, you know what, this is a part of my history. Um, I have uh, some things in terms of uh, my physiology where I'm a little bit more prone to depression than other people are. I'm aware of that. I'm working on that. There are things I can do to help control that. I'm doing those things. I'm invested in my own well-being. I'm going to ask you to be understanding about that. I'm going to ask you to be aware that now and then I'm going to have days that are harder for me, um, and, and I may you know need you to... Um, be a little extra patient with me, but that's where I'm at. That's one thing, and that's great. That's no problem at all. It's another to say, hey, you you know, you need to treat me just right, because if you don't, I might fall apart, and then who knows what would happen. That's being fragile. The Lord isn't calling you to be fragile. The Lord's not calling your friend to be fragile. He's not calling you guys to have a dating relationship where both people are fragile and trying to treat each other with kids' gloves. He's calling both of you to be tough. And he's doing that because when you're tough, there are amazing adventures that await you in your life. There are wild places and wild things to be done that will get your blood going and you'll be excited and you'll be so glad that you get to do them. But those things, you have to be tough first before you can take part in them. The good news is, you can grow, you can get stronger, you can get tougher, so can your friend, and you can go have those adventures. Absolutely, Lee. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I, I think this is interesting that Jed opened up by talking about something that he's seen, trend he's seen on social media and on Tumblr, and, and I want to throw another one of those out there that I've seen a lot on social media where people say, and, and I've seen guys and gals alike do this all over social media, they have this thing they call Dear Future Spouse. And then they start oh, to say, Dear Lord. Future Spouse, we will hold hands every day as we walk across the beach. And Dear Future Spouse, we will listen to this playlist as we do dishes together and laugh and... They have these like fantasy land um, promises that they're making to a future spouse. That these are usually people that are not dating, don't have a prospect for someone to date, have not a lot of times have not been in a serious relationship. This is, in other words, this is all uh, invention and fantasy about what a relationship looks like. The reason I bring that up is that. Um, is that I think that, that situations like that and talk like that makes people more afraid of entering into the risks and dangers of a relationship than they need to be. Um, so, you know, you, you say, I, I'm, I'm scared about what will happen if we don't work out. And it's like, well, that's going to be most of the people that you date probably. I mean, unless, you know, you date the person that you marry, and that does happen for some people. But, you know, out of the gate, it does happen, you know. But for most for most folks, most of the time, you're going to go through a breakup. You're going to go through some heartache. We kind of talked about this last week. But you don't need to be afraid of 
what's going to happen. I mean, you know, there is there is risk. You're putting yourself out there. You may get hurt. You may have heartbreak and stuff like that. One thing that you can't do is you can't own someone else's uh, emergency. You can't own somebody else's problems in the situation that like, I'm scared that if, if we date and if we break up and if this person's still depressed, then they might do something. It's like, wow, they, you've created a lot of scenarios. Um, the question is, is, is this person emotionally ready? Well, they may not be emotionally ready right now for marriage, but are they emotionally ready to start into a dating relationship? Well, that's a totally different thing. When you look at a lot of this dear future spouse stuff, it's all built on, it's all built on just, uh, as I said before, just kind of fantasy. It's just, it's, it's, it's all just kind of cloud theology. It doesn't hold any water. It doesn't, it it doesn't stand up to anything. And, and it's like, if you look at what actually happens in a real relationship, the kind of communication that has to happen, the kind of working it out, the kind of fighting that you're going to have to do, the kind of, the kind of disagreeing that you're going to have to do, the, the kind of give and take that you're going to have to experience. Is somebody emotionally ready to start learning some of that now? Well, probably. They're probably not emotionally ready to get married, but you're not ready to get married right now, and that's okay. You can go into a dating relationship not ready to be married, and what most people have in mind for what marriage is about doesn't really have anything to do with what marriage is. If you if you were sitting down with me in a uh, you and a and your fiance, if you were if you were engaged, were sitting down with me in a premarital counseling kind of situation, you would be super surprised that the stuff that we talk about has nothing to do with my, what most people think marriage is about. And I think that's one thing to that's important in this question is to differentiate between the idea of of merely dating and uh, and and being ready to be married right now today. Lee, you're telling me premarital counseling isn't mostly about what the best technique for holding hands in the rain is. <laughs> well, I just don't know what I just exactly. don't know what these people are paying for then. Yeah. All right, we move on to our next question. Came in anonymously to our email. It says, I still have some friends from before I was a Christian. My initial thoughts were that I was still me and that it would show my friends more about God if I remained friends with them, regardless than if I suddenly started judging them all over the place. The thing is, now they simply don't get me. Although I found them, haven't found them to be particularly hostile, they still act like me having got religion is just a phase, still talk about things I don't want to talk about, and still invite me to take part in things I want no part in. In many ways, I find that they're more accepting of me in my present than many Christians I've met are of me in my past. Mm. I guess in a nutshell, my question is this. If these friendships are, are reminding me of my past, is my remaining in them doing more harm than good? And if I need out... How do I do that without looking like a narrow-minded Christian jerk? Jed, can you kick us off? Well, um, that's a great question. And um, I think uh, what you're going to find, I think there's two things you're going to find. The first is that um, it probably depends, you know, say you have a few friends, probably some of them it's definitely worth keeping a relationship going with. And some of them it probably would be better to uh, uh, let that kind of just back burner itself. And I bet... These other brothers are going to give you some good wisdom on kind of how to figure out which is which. In terms of the ones where you're trying to keep, you know, kind of an active friendship going, um, there are definitely some good ways to do that. And the funny thing is that the advice on it isn't really exactly spiritual stuff. It's really more kind of practical and strategic stuff. So um, one of the things is you guys need something to talk about. You need common ground. And if the only thing that you have in common is the stuff that you used to do back in the day, then you're right. That that would be a real problem. I mean, that would be, you know, I mean, there's no way that that wouldn't be negative. But you can actually create some new uh, common ground for you guys to have that isn't centered on the past. You know, with, with dudes, um, it, it's pretty easy in that there's always sports, Um and we always talk about how the team's doing. Um, but you can find things that you're both interested in, whether that's, you know, in music or movies or sports or politics or, or whatever. And if you are directive with that conversation when you guys get together um, and kind of keep it on those things, I think you'll actually be able to relax and have fun. The, the truth is that a lot of 
a lot of conversational weirdness and awkwardness happens when people don't know what else to talk about. That's actually where a lot of that stuff comes from. And if you kind of appoint yourself as the person that's helping to direct the conversation, um, you can actually solve a whole lot of that as long as they're not determined to make it be about, you know, something negative. And again, that's about knowing kind of which friendships we want to, you know, really hold on to and which we want to back burner. The other thing, and this is actually something that we deal with in ministry all the time, is the idea of of controlling the environment. Um, if you're going to try and hang out with this person, um, do that in, in an environment that is not going to be setting either of you off. So, for example, say that part of your past was a lot of heavy drinking, um, and uh, whenever they get together, it's always they want to go to the bar, and you know, you're know you trying to figure out, well, I don't really want to drink, but they really want to drink, and so what are we doing and whatnot? Well, you contact them and say, hey, let's go over. There's this really good burger joint I want to show you. I think you'll really like it, and we should hang out and catch up. And just random happenstance, that particular place doesn't serve booze. Everybody wins. And if you kind of take the lead on those things, a couple things will happen. A, um, they'll actually feel more loved. Um, People kind of sense um, when they're being avoided, um, and, and they feel hinky on it. And if you're the one seeking them out, that kills that, which is really cool. Uh, and the thing, the second thing is, again, if they're not determined to make this be kind of a negative, destructive thing, they'll think that's great. Um, you know, people have a way, healthy people anyway, have a way of kind of categorizing uh, friends. This is this is my drinking friend. This is my non-drinking friend. Yeah. And if you kind of demonstrate, I'm, I'm your non-drinking friend, again, most healthy people are down with that. They just, you know, they don't really know uh, which box uh, to put you in until you make it clear this is the box to put me in. I- I'll give you one more thing before uh, passing pass on these other brothers. Um, if you put your faith into practice in something that serves people that are down and out, I think you will help your friends know what to do with your faith a lot better. Um, all of us on this podcast have a ton of heathen friends. And just to back you up, we generally get way uh, more enthusiasm from our heathen friends than we do from our Christian friends. Um, So the phenomenon that you're experiencing of saying you you feel generally less judged by your heathen friends than you do by your Christian friends, we can all relate uh, on on this podcast. Um, But if you get involved in some kind of service, that could be a soup kitchen, that could be helping out with a chapel service at a jailhouse, that could be a, a big brothers, big sisters thing, but where... You're helping to make it clear to your friends, this is what my faith is about. My faith is not about me thinking I'm more moral than you, because it's not. Uh, my faith is not about me thinking that I'm better than you, because it's not. My faith is not about me thinking that, you know, I'm going to go to this magical place that you could never get into, because it's not about that either. But if you say, my faith is about the fact that I want to show compassion to people that are less fortunate than me, your friends will respect that. Um, they'll look at that and say, hey, maybe it's not for me today, but that's cool, and I'm, and I'm down with that. The, the uh, key thing that you're seeing here with all the stuff I'm suggesting is it's about you give them the box to put these things in. You give mm-hmm. them the box to put your faith in. You give them the box to put your relationship in. Um, and again, healthy people will be down with that. They won't have any problem with that. A lot of the problems we get into are when we're not defining what box things fit into, the relationship, the religion, the whole deal, and then stuff does get weird and murky and people feel uncomfortable. But if you'll take leadership in those relationships and help define those things, I think you'll find that a lot of those friends will respect it, will respect you, and will like it. Absolutely. Lee? Uh, I love the the stuff that Jed is saying on that. And uh, one thing, one one angle I'd like to look at this from is everybody on this podcast has had experience working with people who are um, who have a background in addiction, who are in recovery. And one of the things that uh, folks in twelve steps or folks who have been uh, locked up or folks who are in recovery who are about like for instance, you know, I, I work with guys that are locked up in county jail, and some of them, you know, are about to get out. And every single one of them, we talk a lot about developing a strategy. You need to have a plan. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to sleep on that first night? Where are you going to look for a job? All that kind of stuff. And one of the things that every single one of them who wants to really, you know, change and get straight, one of the things that they'll talk about is, I need to make sure that I don't go to this neighborhood. You know, or they'll say, I need to make sure that I don't call this friend. If I call this friend, 
then it's over. It's going to be over within 24 hours. There's just nothing I can do about that. Um, so I think one of the parts of this question is, because you say, um, you say, you know, they, they, they still invite me to take part in things that I want no part in. Well, look, if you know that there's something going on, and if I go with these friends, I'm going to be getting involved with something that I know the Lord doesn't want for me. I know it's not good for me. I know I don't want to be there. This is a change that the Lord is making in my life, and I want to make. And if I hang with them, that's going to happen. Then you can... Then, then you did. You need to not go there. You need to. You need to not be a part of that group. You need to not do that thing. I mean, that's that's. If if you know the Lord is trying to change that thing in your life, <clears throat> it's just like guys in recovery will say, "I need to not call that person. If I call that person, it's over." You need to be able to recognize whether or not you're in that kind of a black and white situation with some of these friends. The other thing is, you say in the beginning of the question. My initial thoughts were, I need to still hang with those people and be, you know, quote unquote me, so that I don't just start judging them all over the place. Well, you don't have to start judging anybody all over the place in any situation. You know, what you choose to do has nothing to do with them, and it doesn't have to be a judgment on them, and you don't have to say a word about what anybody else is doing in their life. And I love Jed's piece about finding a place to serve somebody, because when you were saying the thing about... um, you were saying the thing about my non-Christian friends, these are the people that accept me, and then, you know, these new Christian friends I'm making, they're not getting me as much, and they're not supporting me as much. Well, when you find people in ministry to down-and-out folks, you find people that are ministering to the least of these, people who are going, reaching out, trying to reach people for the gospel, you will find people who understand you. You'll find people who have your back. I can almost guarantee you, you'll find people who are accepting, who are loving, who you will connect with, and you'll have a community of people who love Jesus that you can connect with. I'm not saying you need to cut all these people out of your life, but it would be very important for you to be able to distinguish. If I go with these people, am I going to be way too tempted to be a part of something that I know the Lord is working hard with me right now on trying to change? Am I putting my, am I setting myself up for failure? Is this a person, is there a certain group of people within this group or is there a certain person within this group that I do need to keep at arm's length because I do want to make this change. I do want to be different and the Lord is working with me on that. And and no matter what happens, if I do need to do that, you don't have to judge them. You don't even have to defend yourself. You can just politely say, I'm not on that anymore. And it's, it doesn't have to be a judgment on them or anything like that. At a certain point, and I will say this, at a certain point, Jesus is going to ask you to follow him into something. And you have to be ready to not care what anybody else in your life thinks about that. Whether it's your old friends or your new Christian friends or whomever, people are not going to like it. And you've got to be ready to walk with Jesus on that thing no matter what. Absolutely, Glenn. Yeah, I, I want to pick up where both of these guys are leaving off. Uh, one of the uh, uh, words and, and ideas that Jed was zooming in on there was the idea of respect. And I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think that we want to start there with your friends. What you're doing is a respectable thing. You The idea of looking at your life, examining it, and saying, uh, I want to be in touch with something greater than myself. I want to look beyond the physical uh, I want to be in touch with some uh, a greater life force in the universe, whatever those things are. I want to contemplate uh, the meaning of my life, the purpose of my life, and max that out and be, make the world a better place, be a better friend, be a better uh, mother, a better sister, whatever those things are. So I think what you're doing is respectable, and I think it's completely reasonable for you to expect that they would have a respect for it. If they look at your spiritual journey and say, ah, that's just, you know, that's not saying they have to agree with it, but if they look at it and say, well, that's just, you know, weird, bad, wrong, dumb, stupid, whatever, well, then they're not respecting you and they're not respecting what you're on. And at that point, we don't need to be talking about friendship. There's no no reason for it. Uh, But, by the same token, I think you have to recognize that uh, it's unreasonable for you to expect them to be different just because you're different. 
In other words, you can't go to the middle of the party where everyone's sitting there and, and drinking a alcoholic beverage and say, you guys never want to have Bible study. Why do, why do you always want to drink? I mean, that's not, you know, you're the one that changed, not them. Uh, you, so you, it's sort of unreasonable to say they need to, you know, uh, sort of acclimate to you and in, in the way that you are. Uh, what you're experiencing is you're growing in a certain direction uh, that your friends are not. My guess is, as, as these guys have suggested, that some of those people will just say, well, I like my life, I like doing my thing, and having somebody around that's different and doesn't do all the exact same things I do is a bummer, and I don't want to deal with that, and I want to be my way, and I don't want anyone around to kill my buzz, so that's it. You know, our relationship was really based on hanging out and partying and whatever, whatever, so forget it. Uh, in, in that case, you're really not dealing with a loss. But I think what you will find is you'll have a number of friends who say, well, look, I'm not into what you're into, but I respect that you're on a journey. Uh, we may have less in common, but we still have lots in common, and we love one another, so why not? I've had non-Christian friends uh, when I started walking with the Lord who said to me, and this is a quote, dude, if it's making you happy, I think it's great. There you go. You know, I, I think good friends will have that response. They'll say, yeah, you know, hey, totally. uh, it's, it wouldn't work for me, but if it works for you, thank goodness. As a matter of fact, you know uh, active gang members who have told that to people. Oh, sure. Yeah, many, many times. Oh, you yeah. need to be in church. I mean, I'm still oh, going yeah. to be gang banging, but you need yeah. to be in church. Oh, yeah, you got a kid on the way. You need to straighten yourself out, stop hanging out with us in the neighborhood, and go out and... Uh, and go to church. Absolutely. I've seen plenty of that and, and, and telling them that you should, you shouldn't hang out with us. So I think, um, I, I think it's important to recognize it, to have manage your expectations towards them there. It's not, uh, for them to change in order to make you happy, but your close friends, your really good friends will be cool with it. Uh, they may not, not know exactly how to deal with that. You may not know exactly how to deal with it, but that bond of friendship will, will give you a chance to find some common ground, as Jeb was suggesting. And as, as Lee was saying, um, uh, we use a phrase around here, know your tribe. You know, there's there's a group of people that you click with in the world, and the truth is when you make a transformation as big as this, your tribe is a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're single, you tend to have single people friends. When you get married, you're going to find that you have more married people friends. That's not a bad thing. That's not a r- ugly, rude thing or whatever. It's just your tribe has sort of shifted slightly, and it's going to be a different group of people that identify with you, and you get them, and they get you, and there's going to be a bond there because you share things in common, and that's normal, natural, and it's perfectly okay. Uh, if your values have changed, there's a chance that your tribe, so to speak, the people that get you and value you, understand what you bring to the table, celebrate your successes, those people are going to shift slightly, and it's perfectly okay, and, and we want uh, you to give yourself permission uh, to let those relationships naturally drift and change and evolve and new ones to come in to take their place. Absolutely. My tribe is called Quest. That's very good. Wow. wow. I never get to do the hip-hop jokes. Yeah. There's a good reason for that, which we've all just experienced. Yes. All right, we'll move on to our next question here. Came into our email address. It says, when a person makes a big change and feels like it's the right thing to do, how do you know if it's God closing a door or Satan standing in your way? I know that in this life we're in a battle and that we must fight Satan's subtle attacks, but I also know that God has great things planned for us, and sometimes they are different than what we had planned. How do I know if I'm making the right move? Lee, can you kick us off? Absolutely. And uh, first of all, uh, you know, all of us on the podcast would say, you know, when you're in a you're if you're in a tough spot and it's a confusing it sounds like you're in a confusing place look we're praying for you we love you we're thankful for the question we're thankful that you listen um we've got your back um so a uh, tough things going on I, I i feel like i need to make this big change is is god closing a door or is satan standing in my way what do, what do i do satan is attacking me i've got to dodge his attacks and all that kind of stuff oh, there's a couple of different ways that i would want to come at this one is um, you know, when something is blocked, some, something that you thought was going to happen and all of a sudden there's a big change and it's not going to happen the way you saw it going down, was that God doing it or is it Satan doing it? On the one hand, it doesn't really matter. Um, it doesn't really matter, you know, 
how that whole thing is shaking down. The important thing is, what are you going to do next? One thing that, you know, it could be that in the same situation, God is closing something and Satan is doing stuff too. You know, and, and they both want different things out of it. There's a really, really cool place in the book of Job. Like in the in the book of Job, you know, there's this God is saying, you know, Satan and Job or Satan and God have this kind of argument over do people love you because you give them stuff or do they love you because they just you have a relationship with them? And Satan says, it's just because you give them stuff. And God says, well, here's this here's this guy. And Satan says, yeah, he's the worst example. He's super rich. He's got all these kids. Everything's great. And God says, okay, take it all away. And, uh, and then, and, and watch, he'll still love me and stuff. And, and Satan says this thing, he says, you have hedged him in. In other words, you've built this fence around him so that nothing can touch him. And that's why he loves you. Well, that's a really interesting thing because later in the, and that's in the first chapter, in the third chapter, after Satan, after all God has allowed Satan to basically ruin Job's life, take everything away from him. He's in all this suffering, all this pain. And Job says in chapter three, God, you have hedged my life in so that I I can't experience anything good. You've built a fence of pain. You've allowed all this suffering to come in and nothing good can come into my life. And what's so interesting about that is that Job and Satan use the same phrase about God. Satan is saying, you're protecting him from me. And, God, and Job is saying, God, you have built a fence so that nothing good can come into my life. And it's like, if God is doing it or if Satan is doing it, sometimes it's the same. Sometimes both people are trying to use the same situation. So I think one of the key things here is what we need to look at is what does the, what does the devil want out of situations? And how can you know if he's subtly attacking us as you're talking about? Well, one thing I can tell you that the devil wants to do is in any situation, he wants to tear you you down personally. He wants to tear you down. He wants you to feel discouraged. He wants you to feel confused. He wants you to feel worthless. And then to pile, to pile the worst on top of that, he wants it, you to feel like it's your fault. So you're discouraged, you're confused, you're worthless, and this is all your fault somehow. You had this idea of how your life was going to go, and now something, some big change has happened. That's not going to happen anymore. And now... It's all your fault because you suck, because you just didn't do this well. Whatever happened, you didn't follow the plan. You didn't meet the expectations. Now, here's what I want to say to you. Whatever the life change that's going down and however you're feeling about yourself, the way that you fight the enemy on this is you say, I know who I am in the heart of God. I know he loves me. I know he accepts me. I know that I'm not, I'm not like on trial I'm not failing any tests and I don't have to meet anybody's expectations because God already loves me. So whatever it is, like whatever this big change in your life is, something was going and now it's not going to happen. The thing that you, one thing that you've got to resist is we didn't meet the expectations, therefore we failed. And I think that's one of the things that happens to a lot of people is you see your life going a certain way, that didn't happen, and so now you feel like everything's screwed up and we failed and this is my fault. It's not your fault. It doesn't have to be a script. Like the, the way that your life goes doesn't have to be the script that everybody else is following. It doesn't have to be the script that you had laid out for yourself. If God has shut a door, I promise you he's got something beautiful for you. But the one thing that you've got to open up your mind to is the idea that it doesn't have to look like anybody else's experience has ever looked before. It doesn't have to be the normal thing in society. It doesn't have to be the expectations you've always seen. And this is not your fault. You're not, you didn't fail. And I think that's the, the number one thing that Satan wants to do with you. If you're asking this question, how do I, how do I dodge his attacks? Is he wants you to feel like you have personally failed God. You have personally failed the people in your life. You suck. And that's why this all went wrong. That's why this all fell apart. None of that is true. God loves you. He accepts you. He's doing stuff in your life because he has a beautiful plan. And it doesn't have to be what anybody else sees. It doesn't even have to be what you saw it as. It doesn't have to fit into the mold of all those expectations. Everything's okay. God knows what he's doing and you're all right. Absolutely, Glenn. 
Amen. And I, I think the, the problem that we have here is where we can end up really going down a rabbit hole if we're trying to discern God's will by reading all the signs, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Be- because everything might be a sign. You know, it's raining. What does that mean? I wonder what it means. You know, the, the, my car broke down. Does that mean something? That's a good approach to relationships, too. Yeah, yeah. What is it? What What do you mean by that? You know, that's what people love hearing that, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, here's the thing is that uh, the only way to get at God's will for something as specific is the kind of thing you're talking about is through prayer. Uh, we have to go to God directly. Uh, we have to be still before him. We have to be quiet before him. We have to listen um, that might be something in the beginning as subtle as God sort of giving you a piece about something, uh, uh, God sort of giving you that mental thumbs up or thumbs down. As you uh, do more praying, as you grow in intimacy with the Lord, as you do more listening, I think that communication will get clearer over time and you'll get to a place where you can discern those things more readily. Uh, but there are a few things I can tell you definitively about this kind of situation. Number one, if you're not moving forward, if you're not boldly striking out to serve the Lord in some spectacular way or making a tremendous heartfelt personal change of some inner thing that's really holding you back, then the devil is not attacking you because he's got he's cool. you where he wants you. He's cool with it. Yeah. you If you're basically just coasting along and uh, you're in autopilot, then that's where the devil wants you. He's not going to mess with that. That's he's, he's, he's going to, you know, uh, deal with somebody else. So I think the, for you, it's about recognizing, uh, yes, when I get on the right track, I'm going to get some resistance and yes, that's going to look like something. Uh, but that, would almost be an indicator that this is God's will. And as, as Lee is saying, uh, what, 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 what God means for good, the devil often means for bad. It can, it's the same event. Um, so, you know, let's be aware of that. But the real thing I want you to look at here is, uh, how do you know when God opens a door? Cause you're asking about closing a door here and, uh, you're talking about the Satan's attacks and all that. What does it look like when God opens the door? Because here's my thing, and I I don't know if these other guys on the podcast will back me up on this or not. I see people who have the biggest, most obvious door open in front of them all the time, and they say, I just don't know what to do, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the hip, fashionable door I want to be open. Yeah, you know, it's someone comes to them and says, you know what? I've been thinking about it. I've been praying about it. I think he'd be perfect to help us with this. That's an open door. That's what it sounds like. That's what it looks like. That's as good as it gets. Uh, now, you, I, again, as I'm saying, you want to go home. You want to pray about that. Get a piece about it. Make sure. Line that out. But uh, when God opens doors, that often has that shape of an opportunity that's presented, uh, 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 a a a way or a path that can lead to something really amazing. But uh, the moment you set off on that path, it's going to be uphill all the way, everything going wrong, all sorts of whatever. And then the Lord will tell you, keep going that direction, even though it doesn't look like it's going to work out. You don't have what it takes. The whole thing's going to come crashing down. I've just described to you what every single day of my ministry career has looked like. So, you know, we, we can't, if I looked at that and said, well, it's hard and I'm, it's, I'm experiencing difficulty. I have encountered an obstacle. I, I must now quit because that must mean all bets are off. You know, if if I'd had that mentality, I never would have gotten uh, where I'm at. Uh, God's opening doors in your life. And I bet that that's fairly obvious uh, I think what happens is we get in a, a place of trying to explain that away. We we start, you know, looking at, um, you know, as Jed's suggesting, uh, sort of uh, we have a picture of something that we're looking at in our head, and it doesn't quite fit that. Uh, but I would really suggest for you uh, that, that you look at 
What are those doors that God is opening? What is it that God really wants for you to pursue? Because without doubt, when you go through those things, the devil's going to attack. And when that happens, we have to understand it's like an athlete lifting weights, right? The more weight that athlete has to push, the more that athlete has to overcome, the stronger that athlete becomes. So God will allow those attacks to come in, but they're really just challenges that will strengthen us little by little by little by little, and we get going where we are. So uh, hopefully I painted uh, the right kind of picture there for you, but it's about recognizing uh, what open doors really look like. Absolutely, Judd. Well, to go back to our first question um, from this episode, if you want to follow the Lord and you want to do cool stuff that's important in the kingdom, you need to be tough. Um, and, uh, and here's why is because the devil is going to throw punches at you the moment that you start trying to walk down that path. And, um, the good news is that you are so, so much tougher than you think you are. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I want you to know, I want you to hear me. You are so much tougher than you think you are. For a lot of us, we've been fed a lie that we're, that we are fragile, that, if things get hard, we won't be able to handle it. I promise you, in God's strength, you can handle it. You can handle a thousand times what you think you can handle. But the only way that you learn that that's true is by getting in there and living it out. Um, you, you have to, to go through it to discover that that's true. And what I want you to know is you can do it. You are, you are tough enough to start out on this journey and get where you're going with it. I promise that you are. The next thing is... As Glenn is describing, we need to go to the Lord and we need to, to say, Lord, what do you want me to do here? And then um, as we um, hear from the Lord on that, we need to decide that we're not going to take no for an answer as we move forward. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. Let's say that you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I'm, I'm happy to, to do whatever you, you like, but you know, what, do you, what do you want me to do? And, and suppose that in the stillness of, of prayer, you hear the Lord say to you, well, I want you to be a worship leader. I, I want you to, to help people get closer to me through music and, and uh, you know, help them have a, a greater intimacy through that. So you're excited about that, and you go to the pastor at your church, and you say, I would like to lead worship. What do you say? And he says, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Well, what now? What do, what do you right. do? Well, I can tell you what most Christians do in that moment. Most Christians say... Go buy tighter jeans. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. That's, uh, not, that's never the answer. That's never the answer. Most Christians in that moment give up. Most yeah. Christians in that moment say, you know, clearly it's just not an open door in my life. Right, 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 right. right clearly, right. you know, I I must have heard the Lord wrong or the timing, just it's not Yeah, right. open door apparently means no obstacle. Exactly right. You yeah, know, I've encountered it. an obstacle. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, you know, clearly it's just everything has changed. Well, if you're tough, and I'm telling you that you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you don't take no for an answer. Now, that doesn't mean that you argue with the pastor, but what that means is you say, where else can I lead worship? If, if that's right, what the right. Lord's calling me to do, if the Lord's saying, I want you to use music to help my people have a greater intimacy with me and, and, and a greater authenticity in their encounters with me, where else can I do that? Oh, well, now, now the sky's the limit. If they're saying no at church, well, what about uh, leading worship at the nursing home? Right. What about leading worship over at the soup kitchen? What about leading worship over at the jailhouse? What about leading worship um, for the kids' ministries? There's a million places to do it. And the funny thing is we don't start getting creative until our first, second, and third plans of attack all got uh, right. a door slam shut on. Right. Um, in, in our world, we don't begin to feel like we're having fun until it's already almost crashing into the rocks. Right. Yeah. Luckily, most days, that's about where it starts. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we're, we're never bored. But this is the thing for you, is the Lord is calling you to do something. Yeah. And if you're serious about following him, you're going to go to the first person you can think of and say, I'm ready to do this thing. You're going to go to you know the pastor and say, we should, we should have an outreach at the local jail. And he's going to say, no, I'm not. I'm right. not feeling it. And the real moment of decision for you is what you do then. That's the real moment of, of decision. Yeah, a lot of people aren't willing to listen to the Lord to begin with when he says, I'd like you to go do this thing. But of those who are, the moment that that first person says no, 
the huge vast majority of them decide okay well we we tried that we gave it yeah. the college try yeah yeah but for you because you're tough and because you're serious that's the moment you get dug in that's the moment you say okay i'm not giving up i'm not taking no for an answer what else can i do what what does the lord have for me here you get creative you start finding people that can help brainstorm with you and and contemplate possible solutions that might look like uh, messaging any one of us we'd love to talk with you if you've got ministry stuff you're looking to do and you're running in obstacles we'd love to talk that through with you and help you find solutions but here's what i can promise you you're tougher than you think you are you can do this you can make it and if you refuse to take no for an answer And every time you run into an obstacle, you ask the Lord for strength, and you get people who have been doing this longer than you uh, to give you wisdom on how to proceed. You will get where you're going. I promise you that you will. That is a a recipe for success that doesn't ever fail. And you'll actually, um, as you get in the swing of it, you'll have a lot of fun with it too. Amen. Absolutely. All right. If you have a question for us, you can find us at saythatpodcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Mind you can either sign up for our normal Bridgebox service. That's missionusa.com slash bridgebox. It's $8 a month for songs, sermons, devotionals, Bible studies, some bonus goodies in there. Or you can sign up for the Lee Younger exclusive version. That's missionusa.com slash BBLY. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, free, uh, it's uh, not free, but exclusive music from Lee every month, same price, $8 a month. If you want to do them both, send us an email, bridgechicago at gmail.com, and we'll hook you up with both of those for $12. Thank you for listening. Just remember, we love you, God loves you, there's nothing you can do about it. Now recorded with Extra Sparklies. Extra Sparklies.